Hello, everyone. This is Nikki Bruno with the Epic Comeback Podcast, where we explore how to build an epic life in the wake of life-shattering experiences such as divorce, illness, loss, or I recently added this one, even pandemic. And today we are talking to Renee Bauer, who is an absolute superstar in the family law industry and profession. Renee, I am really privileged and honored to have you with me today. Thank you so much for being on the show. Oh my gosh, thank you so much for having me. I can't wait to chat about our little talk today. I'm so excited. Me too. I'm super, super psyched. So Renee, I'm going to hand you the mic briefly to just let us know, just introduce yourself. Let us know who you are and what you're up to and um, where you're from and what's going on. Sure. So I am a divorce attorney in Connecticut. I am um, also a podcast host of uh, the Happy Even After podcast. I am an author um, and I am also divorced myself. So I've kind of walked the walk and talked the talk, um, which is wh- where I find so much of my inspiration from. Um, and I am originally from Boston, so you're going to hear an accent uh, squeak in every, probably every few words. <laughs> and so it's not New York, <laughs> everyone <laughs> seems to think. And someone said Canada the other day, so no, it's Boston. So we're setting the record straight. <laughs> oh, I love it. Well, Boston, the Boston accent is music, actually music to my ears because I lived in Boston for... Ah, that's right, you did. 22 years of my life, actually. So... <laughs> Interestingly, that's half of my life because I'm about wow. to be 34. Anyway, so your your accent is very welcome on the show. <laughs> Nay, so you you help people stage epic comebacks for a living. Yeah. You help people move through definitely what qualifies as a life-shattering experience. Mm-hmm. I mean, you yourself went through a divorce. I went through a, a high-conflict divorce it is something that scatters the pieces of your life. And it doesn't have to be high conflict to be life-shattering, certainly. right. Yeah. Um, I'd love to know, because family law is a profession that can be super, super challenging. It can be very emotionally demanding. It can be, it can be even triggering for, you know, potentially for, for attorneys, especially who focus on litigating high conflict cases. I would really love to know what you find most rewarding about being a divorce attorney. Yeah. So, you know, I never set out to be a divorce attorney. Um, It was the last thing I actually wanted to do and it kind of fell into my lap. Uh, I was working for a small firm that did kind of everything. And of course, with, when firms do our Jack of all trades, it's usually the family case that are the ones that they don't want to handle and you know unless you're really in that space every single day they're the ones that get pushed to the kind of the back burner so I picked up all of their family cases which was such a blessing because I realized that this was an area of law that I really had the ability to impact somebody's life and so you go to law school to learn the case law and how to argue a case and and all of that but they don't teach you how to help clients in a holistic way and how to really look at the big picture because a divorce case is about so much more than just dividing up assets, who's getting alimony and what child support is. It's really how to get someone from one point in their life where they're really in a a really tough place to something so much brighter. And if you're only looking at the case law and looking at it with your strictly lawyer's hat on, 
you're not helping the, that person completely because usually they need something more than just that. They need support in so many other ways. And that's the part that I found so um, inspiring and why I loved doing this type of work because it was kind of like my mediator slash social worker hat, I, you know, could go on and I could do something that um, really impacted someone. Um, far beyond this moment is really helping them see that there is a light at the end of the tunnel and that their divorce does not have to define them. Oh, that's fantastic. I love that. I love what you just said about the, a divorce not defining you and a divorce, you know, I like to think about it too, a divorce also not defining your family. And we have these right. phrases like, you know, she comes from a broken home or child yeah. of divorce or divorcee right. or like, come on now. Yeah. And you know, I've spoken to so many women who feel so shameful about their divorce. And it's the common thread, no matter if it's a high conflict, low conflict, high asset, low assets, it's that shame that is the common thread between every case. And it's in, in they're, they're doing this alone and kind of sitting in their rooms and, and crying through it all. And no one really understands. And that's kind of the work that you do. And the work that I do is talking about and having these conversations so that these people don't feel alone and that they're you can kind of lift that veil of shame and there is no shame in getting divorced and it doesn't have to be like the scarlet letter that you have on the rest of your life it sure doesn't and I'm gonna raise my hand right now and say no shame I don't feel an ounce of shame I mean during during the process during the process I probably did I'm sure yeah. I did maybe somewhere but I can say, like, I mean, this is part of an epic comeback, part of an epic yeah. comeback. You drop that crap, you drop the shame, and you drop the guilt, and you, and you don't allow, allow that, um, that experience to, to define you. So Absolutely. And I was guilty of that. So I'm a divorce lawyer, and I was, like, dripping in shame and guilt. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it took a long time to work through that and understand why I was feeling that way, and then what to do with that information. Um, and you're right. And it's not, it, it's not until we start talking and having these conversations and sharing our stories that other people can realize that, you know what, I'm, I'm not alone in all of this, and I can let go of that, and I don't have to hold on to it. You know, I think so many people feel like they, they have to feel that way because divorce sucks, and, you know, and, and it does, but it doesn't have to be the Thing that kind of sticks to you throughout the rest of your life. You can let it go, leave it in the dust. For sure, for sure. And thank you for sharing for sharing that with us, Renee. I mean, speaking of shame, um, it's a really good segue into my next question. And I'm really curious to know, based on, I mean, certainly your own personal experience, as well as your experience shepherding many people through the divorce process, what do you think is the worst part of going through particularly a high conflict divorce? Yeah, uh, so I think it's the unknown and the uncertainty and the overwhelm with it all. And not knowing what your future is going to look like. And usually when you have the added conflict in there, um, it even furthers that feeling. Because when there's peace and when you're getting along and maybe you're mediating and working through things, you have a little bit more of feel that sense of control over the process. But when it's high conflict and if it's litigation and attorneys are involved and, and you're kind of at the mercy of what your attorney's doing, what the court's doing, 
um, you lose control over that. And I think that that's the, uh, the biggest challenge is, is sitting back waiting for something to happen and not, you know, I, I, I'm kind of like a con, sort of a control freak. So I like to know things and have them in order and see, you know, and, and be able to move things along. And, you know, I think for people, especially like that, um, having to sit back and wait for it to happen is just infuriating and upsetting and all of that. And, and, you know, and then you add, you add a pandemic to the situation and that even makes it that much worse because you don't know when the next thing is going to happen and no one knows the lawyers don't know the courts don't know. Um, so, you know, I think just the uncertainty is the, probably the cha biggest challenge. I really hear that. And then on top of the on top of the uncertainty, you're feeling uncertain and be in a state of uncertainty about such fundamentally emotional identity based topics, such as how much time will I be spending with my children in the future, or even what is going to be the level of conflict? I, I had a client who was at the beginning of the divorce process, and I remember really distinctly after she filed, before her husband at the time responded, she, it was so hard for her because she wasn't sure how he was going to respond. And, and how he was going to respond was going to really dictate so much about how the divorce process went. Is he going to oppose me? Is he going to, is he going to have a hissy fit? Is he going to make this really difficult? Or is he just right. gonna, like, you know what, I get it. I, I'm letting you go. I'm letting this go. I'm going to cooperate. Right, right. Yeah, that's that's a huge piece of it too. And it's often a question that I ask clients who are sitting across from me is, how do you think your spouse is going to respond? Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of them have a pretty good idea. And it's not a, they're a brand new conversation. It's been things that they have spoken about. But when it actually happens to you, when you see those papers, when you see the, your name come up in the, in the system, um, you, you know, I think that brings up all kinds of things that you didn't think that um, would be triggered from just from that act of filing and seeing it. And it's so official and, uh, and it's scary, you know, so it's so much, so many times people respond out of fear. And so the, that your spouse, their response might be from that place. And, um, that's why they're responding with anger and because, the, you know, they're scared. Yeah. Yeah. And also they could be catching up. I think a lot right. of people don't necessarily think about how, if there's the person who's initiating the divorce has most likely done a lot more thinking yeah. <laughs> about the divorce than the person who, um, I mean, if there is one person initiating, right? I mean, two people can mutually agree to initiate right. the divorce process, but if it's more one-sided, then, um, then that can be, that can be really tough too. If you're the yeah. person who's, who's initiating the process and you, you really want it to go well and you really want it to actually happen and you know, that, that kind of, it takes a lot of patience and I don't know yeah. what to, uh, and, and, and Nikki, you bring up a point that, um, and it, you know, we talk about high conflict and the reaction the other spouse is having, but there's also times where the other spouse doesn't have a reaction and they do the complete opposite and they bury their head in the sand and that lack of response and lack of being proactive is just as infuriating as the high conflict too, because again, you're stuck and not a whole lot can happen when one side isn't cooperating or it's going to take some effort to get, to get things rolling. 
Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's, that's so true. And at any point in the process that can happen yeah. at any point in the process. So someone, someone or some bureaucratic details such as the courts being closed in a right. pandemic can delay the process by months and months. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Oh boy. Jeez. Well, so on that on that kind of heavy note, let's let's make a, a little trans a little transition here to your expert advice and inspiration. I, I hear a lot of empowerment in your in your philosophy mm-hmm. and work as a family law attorney, which I absolutely love. What what are some, based on, again, your expertise, your own experience, what is a piece of advice, or maybe two or three, that you would give to someone who is right now either considering or going through divorce and is in that place of, I don't know how I'm going to get through this. I don't right. see the other side. Yeah, so what I like to tell people to do is think about what your life looks like a year from now. And just, you know, take 15, 20 minutes and, and kind of journal what what do you want your life to be? What are you doing? Where are you living? What does it look like? What do your weekends look like? And just paint a picture of what you want your life to be. Not what it is right now, not what it was maybe when you were married, but what you want your new future to be. And then you can start to create that picture and create that story and start putting plans into place in order to make that um, a reality. So that's one piece. Now, when someone's really stuck, um, I tell them to do really small things. So if, if it's a weekend, and this is kind of a common um, theme, is someone doesn't have their children for the first time in a really long time, and it's a weekend, and that's a really hard moment. And those first few weekends or even first few months are really difficult. But use that time to do some really small things for you. So what did you used to do that you loved to do that you stopped? Were you a runner and then you stopped running? Did you always want to take a cooking class? Did you um, want to... Uh, read a book and you haven't done that in a long time, you know, really simple little things and start doing them with that free time that you have. So you're not focusing on what are my kids doing? I miss them. Oh my God, like, how am I going to survive this weekend? But said, okay, I'm going to create this weekend doing these, just these little easy, actionable things that you start to create a habit of doing things for yourself. And so often when someone's going through a divorce, they've been in a marriage, they're a mom, they've spent so much time not doing things for themselves. And it's time to reclaim that and actually do it, like you said, guilt-free and enjoy it. And you can create the person that you want to be moving forward. And that's kind of exciting. It's an opportunity to reset. It is an opportunity. And ladies and gentlemen, so Renee, you and I have had a couple of conversations right now. And this is exactly, I mean, Renee, your what what you just the advice, the inspiration that you just provided, this is why I would I would send anyone to you and trust you as their family law attorney because you I mean, you're you're a coach. You are a coach. You already are a coach. You're a natural coach. And I, this is exactly what this is exactly what we, you know, divorce coaches do is we work with people to create a vision. Even something tiny, even if yeah. it's just, okay, I have a hard time to think about my, I have a hard time thinking about my future right now, but even it can just be, it, it could just be one kind of like change that you make 
to going back to listening to the bands that you used that you used yeah. to love, but you know, but your but your husband hated them, you know, yes. and you like it didn't make sense to cut, you know. Yeah, like, that's such a good one because that happens all the time. Yeah, yeah, and so the vision yeah. doesn't have to necessarily be something fully fleshed out. It can, mm -hmm. I mean, it can, it can be anxiety producing or even stressful to to try to create something that's a a huge plan, but a vision is so, so important to help you get through those, those, you know, those nights when your kids aren't with you and maybe you're crying yourself to sleep, mm -hmm. you know, or those moments when maybe you are feeling guilty and, and you need to kind of talk yourself through like, Hey, I don't have this. I don't have to wear black for this entire like process. I don't have to right. be morning. I don't have to never laugh or show right shove joy, you know, under the bed or whatever. So thank you for all of that. And I, I also love how concrete your advice is. It's very concrete. Sit down and, and do, you know, journal about what your life looks like. Um, take a weekend and choose some of those things that you, that really bring you some joy and, and bring the focus on to you. And I think that's especially important for moms and dads because right. when you're okay, your kids are okay. Right. Yes, absolutely. So if you're putting energy into yourself, you are serving your children. Yeah. I mean, and you think about the person who shows up to have time with their children who is joyful and they're fun to be around and they're creating activities and their children are going to pick up on that and enjoy that time compared to the parent who's spending time and they're sorrowful and they're you know kind of down and they're trying to or talking about the other parent think about what wasted time that is and what your kids are getting from that energy that you're giving them kids pick up on all of that they do and what you said, what you just said also, also made me think like, I think what a lot of parents do is when uh, there's a divorce process going on and they're having a really, really hard time with it, they may be projecting onto their children that grief or that uncertainty right. or that anxiety and making the mistake of putting too much attention on their children. You know, like, right. Sure, I want to make sure you're okay. Oh, and yeah. Helicopter and just, mm -hmm. I want to make sure I'm being a good parent. You know, I mean, especially if you're the, if you are a parent who has maybe been a little less involved in your kid's life, you know, kids, kids don't necessarily need that kind of constant focus. And are you okay? Are you okay? I think that right. divorce, I, I personally think that divorce is particularly in like the shorter term is much, much harder on mm -hmm. parents than it is on the kids, you know, in, in the, in the kind of the short-term process of, of the logistics of the divorce itself, you know? Yeah. Well, because parents as adults, we overthink everything and we're going to analyze everything and everything is going to hurt so deeply and kids aren't processing the same way. They're, you know, they're happy if their parents are happy and kids adjust and the research is all clear. It's not a divorce that really, um, creates any sort of problems in kids and like the, the statistics show that all of the um, uh, divorce could cause not divorce but conflict can cause um, promiscuity and drug abuse and you know all the depression and all of that it's not the divorce that's causing this it's the conflict and so kids can thrive and be just fine in two households and blended families mm -hmm. um, and that's that's fine they adjust so it's it's the level of conflict that the parents bring to the children's lives that determines how your kids end up in all of this so that you know holding on to that guilt will the divorce 
is going to ruin my kids. That is a complete fallacy. It will not happen. Um, if you're, you continue just to show up and co-parent and, um, live joyfully and reduce any conflict with the other parent. Cause that's a big, big piece of it too. Renee, I'm so glad you just made that point. I wish I could put it on a billboard, you know, and, 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 and show it to all people, all parents who are going through the divorce process. I'm also glad that you're, that you're talking about the research because folks, there's been a lot of research done on the impact of divorce on children, on, um, you know, on spouses, on families, et cetera. And there are a lot of things that we know, right? There are a lot of, there are really valuable longitudinal studies that have been done that tell us what the trends are and that tell us what the realities are, right? It's the level of conflict that, that is, that is um, potentially detrimental, potentially detrimental, potentially traumatic for kids. It's not, it's the conflict. It's not the fact that you're going through a divorce, yeah. you know, and like it or not, like it or not, co-parenting is becoming the norm. I mean, the percent right. of, of babies that are born in the United States now are born out of wedlock. So you're talking about you're talking about parents who aren't married, and they're you know both parents may or may not be on the scene. So this is because I mean co-parenting is it's the now and it's the and it's the future for better or for worse. I'm not you know I'm not casting judgment on that. Right. So, yeah. That's a yeah. Okay. that's a really good point. Yeah. But looking at the look at the research, I found that very helpful to me during during the divorce process was doing some research on child development, doing some research on, is this going to screw my kids up? Yes or no, probably not. And here's how you make sure that it doesn't, right? Yeah. Rather than just like, again, fear-based rather than just, oh my gosh, this is, this is, the apocalypse has come and my family is ruined. And that's usually the question when someone's kind of teetering and they don't know what to do and, and they know what they want to do, but making that decision, um, be, they sort of stop short because they're like, well, what will, how will it impact my kids? Yeah. And I always say, listen, like, are, is your head convincing you what to do or what not to do? Or is your heart convincing you? Because if you know the answer here, then everything, then don't make a decision based on what you think. The impact will be or what what family uh, might be saying to you about divorce or what someone else is telling you like you have to make the decision for yourself and, and cut out all of those external influences and make it inside and so that that guilt the whole um, you're ruining your kids those are all external influences that there aren't there isn't any truth there so you don't don't stay in a marriage that you're not happy in um, or that might be abusive or toxic or anything like that um, because of the children. I could not agree with you more. I could not possibly agree with you more. <laughs> Yay. Alrighty. So this is the, my last question is a, is on a much lighter note because this podcast is about being epic. We want we we want to be. Um, we want to be showing people and you show people because because here you are a successful expert who, who helps people stage comebacks here i am we both have gone through divorce we've you know we've got the scars to prove it um so renee i want to ask you what is something epic that's going on in your life right now yeah so i love this question um so i'm a writer that and that was something that i rediscovered when i got divorced i stopped writing and it was something i did as a kid and that was for me that small thing so i've been writing ever since but i um 
recently uh, have found a literary agent and we have a novel that I wrote out in submission, meaning that we're trying to get a publisher to pick, uh, pick it up. And I'm working on a nonfiction proposal based on all of the work that I'm doing in this space um, mm -hmm. for anyone who has gone through some sort of adversity and it's about picking yourself up and moving on. So I'm really excited to put that out into the universe and see where it lands. Oh, that's great. Well, let me know when your let me know when your books move along, and we can have you right oh. have you back on and talk about. Oh, that sounds great. Talk about the book. That's so wonderful. I love it, and absolutely epic. So, Renee, thank you again for being my guest today. Where can we find you online? How do we How do we find you and follow you? Yeah, so uh, Instagram's a great place to go because it links up to everything else that I have going on. So, my Instagram handle is at Ms. Renee Bauer. And um, you can find me at Ms. Renee Bauer on Twitter, and my website is MsReneeBauer.com. So, love to hear from everybody. Wonderful, I love it. Great. Well, I'm a fan. I'm a follower. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, same, same girl. <laughs> right back oh, at you. No, thank you. <laughs> uh, so this is Nikki Bruno with Renee Bauer on the Epic Comeback Podcast. For more information about staging an epic comeback in your life after going through a life-shattering experience, please visit theepiccomeback.com.